Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. <laughs> panic. Panic has broken out about uh, Juicy Hutchinson, um, Cassidy Smollett. It, panic has broken out everywhere. Panic is, panic's broken out. The Liz Cheney Inquisition has totally fallen apart. The media has jumped Jumped to the, the Praetorian Guard defense. It is, again, hilarious to watch people joke. Dignity? Garbage can. Throw their dignity right in a can. I got, I got that. Thank you for all the traffic on yesterday's show, by the way. Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre in big trouble. A big story about the uh, BlackRock, Larry Fink, and the administration, the Biden administration, and a huge conflict of interest. As I said, I got that. I've got a lot of audio and video, too. All the critics... Yesterday of me and others seem to have a conflict of interest while we don't. It's fascinating. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. Mayhem, mayhem. You listen, you saw the show elements. You're on the show prep email. Is it not? Panic's broken out over Cassidy Smollett. I mean, uh, Juicy Hutchinson. I mean, Cassidy Hutchinson. Uh, A disaster. (laughs) It was a total mess. The Liz Cheney emergency hearing where they put Cassidy Hutchinson up, uh, former chief of staff to Trump and an aide to former chief of staff of Trump, uh, Mark Meadows. The hearing was an abomination and the media bodyguards the Praetorian Guard, they got their shields and like Captain Non-America, they went to their defense. Captain Non-America throws his mighty shield. They don't know what to do because, sorry, Joe's like, Joe is a professional musician. I, however, am not as part of the comedy of the show. Unintentionally funny. Just about every major point uh, Juicy Hutchinson put out there yesterday has completely fallen apart. Let's go through just a small list of them. Her point about the beast, her point about the pardons, her point about the to the effect, her point about Trump being aware they were armed, her point about the note she wrote. It is all collapsed. So, of course, if you are a legitimate media entity, correct, fellas, if I'm wrong, call me out. I'm not going to hurt my feelings. You are a legitimate media entity. The headline of your story, now that most of these stories have been either challenged or fully discredited, right? The headline should be even put a little milk toast headline because I know you want to defend Democrats. Headline should read something like problems emerge with testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson, right? Yeah, something to the um, effect. Yeah, something if a testimony challenged, uh, you know, you know, I get yeah. it. You're liberals and you want to. However, that's not the headlines. A, a, a Guy came in this morning and he sees the emails like Joe before he pops in. So the first thing he says when he sits down, he's like, my gosh, the L.A. Times. I guess it's just humiliating at this point. I'm like, yes, here's the LA Times. <laughs> this is the worst GOP pounces ever. The campaign to discredit Cassidy Hutchinson has begun. I didn't discredit Cassidy Hutchinson. She discredited herself. All I did was state the obvious, that the story she told cannot be true because here's the video of Trump getting in a different vehicle. She said she heard from a guy who heard from a guy they got in. She discredited herself. She said she wrote a note that another guy, Eric Hirschman, is saying he wrote. And multiple other people are saying too. She's saying people ask for pardons that are going on the record saying, we didn't ask for this pardon. We don't know what you're talking about. I didn't discredit her. She did. Now, the hilarious part about that ridiculous, I mean hilarious, dignity garbage can, absurd headline from the LA Times who forfeited any semblance of journalistic integrity decades ago, is you and I damn well know 
that if that was a Trump supporter that they allowed at that testing, which they won't because it's an inquisition, the January 6th Liz Cheney hearings, right? You and I both know, Joe, if they had a Trump supporter up there saying, hey, uh, I wrote this note and look, it exonerates President Trump. And then five or six people said on the record, no, 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 he didn't write that. Another guy wrote it. You know, the headline would be Trump witness incinerated at hearing. You know it. You know it. You know it. And we almost don't even have to say it. But this is why the media and the L.A. Times, which is the, uh, the joke of the jokes in the media. I mean, in a village of idiots, you all are kings. This is why nobody respects you guys. Cassidy Hutchinson has her credibility issues with what she said. I was very fair to her yesterday. I said clearly, you heard the show, some of the things she said are probably true. President Trump probably did want to go to the Capitol based on the evidence. President Trump probably did say something about the mags. But I provided the missing context the fact checkers won't do. Yet it's strange. How even though she had her own credibility issues and I gave her a fair shake, what do they do? They attack again people like us. That's why we laugh at you idiots all the time. Here's their standard GOP pounces. What's the word here? He seized? GOP sees, pounces, jumps, sleeps. You know GOP pounces stories. We've heard them a thousand times. When someone on the Democrat side, they don't have to be a Democrat, but someone uh, pushing a Democrat narrative, probably an appropriate way to say it. When someone pushing a Dem narrative screws up, in order to take the attention away from the screw-up, right, that would damage the Democrats, they make the story about the GOP response. GOP pounces on, GOP seizes. Here it is, LA Times. Trump and his allies have seized on media reports of pushback from unnamed Secret Service sources to paint Hutchinson's sworn testimony as unreliable. But none of these people who have disputed Hutchinson's story have done so under oath. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, just go to the next tweet. I'll get that because I don't want they haven't done so under oath. Okay. The LA Times notes in the very next tweet, an anonymous Secret Service official told CNN that Ornato denies telling Hutchinson that Trump grabbed the steering wheel or an agent. The agents are prepared to say it under oath. There, that the incident, there you go. Right there. Right, right there. Yeah. Right, right there. Hey. Folks, I'm, I'm trying to be delicate with this situation. Because I don't want to put unnecessarily people at risk here. I'm telling you this story about President Trump carjacking the beast, as uh, Cassidy Smollett said, and, and trying to tap out UFC style, a Secret Service agent, while he took possession of the wheel and tried to run the car off the road or whatever. I'm telling you the story's made up. It's cringe. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry to waste your time, but it is important. This January 6th hearing is being used to interfere in another election. And as Tucker Carlson said last night in his show, to lock up via the FBI and the Department of Justice, Republicans they don't like who could cause them problems in the next two elections. This is a really, really dangerous story. I'm not harping on it because like the beast thing, a lot of 80% of you love 20% of you thought, oh man, it was a little much on the beast or in yesterday's show. It's important. It is a critical distinction that if you're an insider, you know, the story can't be true because of that detail. It's not a small thing. It's not just that she says she heard a story she couldn't have possibly heard. And I know Tony Ornato. I know. I know Tony Ornato did not tell her that. I know it. The LA Times can't even get their story straight. Oh, they were not saying they didn't say it on the road. Then the next tweet, they're like, well, they'll say it on the road. Now, one of the things she's leaving out, uh, I gotta make, I don't want to lose this for the radio show later. Sometimes I think of things, excuse me, in the middle of the show. I apologize. But I don't want to miss it for the radio show. One of the things the LA Times and Snopes, of course, was all over. Did the Secret Service discredit Cassidy Hutchins? False. False. I mean, it is like a joke. I told you, whenever fact checkers like Snopes say something false, what does it mean, Joe? It means it's true. You just invert it and you know it's true. Right. So uh, th- th- although the Secret Service may not have officially discredited this, there's a reason. The Secret Service has a government public affairs office. Tony Ornato and Bobby Engel, the SAC of PPD, Bobby Engel and Tony Arnato is an agent who was the deputy chief of staff, cannot just go and testify in front of the committee without Secret Service permission. Snopes in these media people know that, folks. So anyone telling you, like, 
oh, well, Tony Onato hasn't testified under oath. What they're not telling you is it's because there's a process. They're not civilians. They're secret service agents who work for the government. There's a process for them to testify. The secret service is already saying they're willing to do it, but there's a process. So you can always come here for the truth. You have my word. I will never lie to you. Even if it looks bad for me or other people, I'm not going to lie to you. These media people, however, in the LA Times, they're embarrassing, humiliating just losers and life zeros. Here, Politico, the story gets even worse. Must have pained Betsy Woodruff, Nicholas Wu, and Kyle Cheney. I mean, three leftists who would do anything to protect Biden to write this story. Secret Service, colon. January 6th panel didn't reach out before Hutchinson's explosive Trump testimony. <laughs> this is, do we have the LOL emoji? Could we just like throw on the screen once in a while? I mean, this is really an LOL emoji guy time. Or, or this guy emoji. You know, this guy emoji, like, uh, <sighs> All right, take a breather here because I want to make sure you get this right. Do you understand that this is why we don't allow professional politicians to conduct criminal investigations? Because that's what this is. They're alleging some criminality, even though they do it through a wink and a nod. They may not be saying it directly, but they've made criminal referrals. Have they not, Joe? We've seen Steve Bannon, Peter Navarro go to jail. There have been criminal referrals. Mm Mm-hmm. The reason we don't allow professional politicians and we have professional law enforcement officers who are restricted by the Hatch Act for engaging in politics from doing this kind of stuff is because people who have a partisan affiliation will use their power to lock up their political opponents. This is a perfect example of why we don't allow them to do it. Liz Cheney, this disgrace of a human being, was disgraced, even disgraced her family. She's disgraced. I mean, just a, dis, a disgusting human being. I can't. I, this woman has got to be removed from office by Harriet Hageman in this election and never, ever to be seen in public as a Republican again. She should not. She, what she's doing to the Republic is a disgrace. They had the opportunity, folks, like any professional law enforcement officer would do to not go get double hearsay. Greg Jarrett was on Hannity last night. He had a great point. Hearsay is not admissible. Double hearsay is a joke. Triple hearsay is like an intercosmic, intergalactic Marvel movie joke, right? Cassidy Smollett is not saying she saw President Trump grab the wheel of a limo. She's not even saying the guy she spoke to saw it. Cassidy Smollett is saying the guy, she didn't see it. The guy she heard it from didn't see it, but he heard it from another guy who was there and they're all denying it. And yet the media's like, GOP bounces. All you had to do was ask the Secret Service, but you didn't do that. You didn't do that. Why? Why? Because you're a big lib like Liz Cheney. You're a big lib. You're aligning with the libs. The libs are totalitarians. That's what you're. Don't tell me what you voted for in the past. You're a totalitarian. And the only thing that matters right now, preserving the republic. You had the opportunity to correct the story in advance, and you didn't do it. Now, you may say, well, Dan, Congress has the power to investigate. Ah, you'd be wrong. Congress has the power to investigate. Yes, you'd be right about that. For a legislative purpose. This is why we don't let Liz Cheney conduct criminal investigations. Because a professional law enforcement officer does what, Joe? Goes right to the Secret Service and says, okay, that's hearsay. She says, you said this. Let's go to who actually was there. That's why we don't have that in court, hearsay. And that's why professionals know that. And they go right to Bobby Engel, which Cheney, which Cheney didn't do. What's the legislative purpose of this? Congress are not FBI agents. What is the legislative purpose of this hearing? Can anybody tell me? Congress are not investigators. They're investigators for a legislative purpose. Nobody's told us yet what the legislative purpose is. Moving on. Judge Janine, who was actually a judge, maybe kind of a subject matter expert on this, just throwing that out there, Joe. I left him like, it's a conspiracy theory. Uh, meanwhile, she's gotten everything right on the collusion stuff and everything else. Judge Janine was on the five yesterday. She brought up this key point how, in a professional 
professional uh, law enforcement officer oriented judicial hearing. We have cross-examination. We don't admit hearsay. We hire law enforcement officers who don't have a partisan bias or at least don't show it in their work. This is why we do this, to prevent stupid episodes like Cassidy Smollett. Here's Judge Jeanine yesterday talking about the value of cross-examination, hearsay. And I want you to notice at the end, catches is very funny. At the end, Dana Perino, who worked in the White House, I worked there with her. Dana Perino knows nobody calls it the beast. So Judge Jeanine gets confused when she mentions the word the beast, like Dana cringes a little bit and watch Am I not right? Watches at the end. It's, it's kind of the best part. Check this out. What do you do to test whether or not someone is telling the truth? You have cross-examination. It's an age-old test that has served us well for centuries. There was no cross-examination of this woman. Number two. She talked about hearsay. Now, I talked to two sources today from the White House at that time. They both say that she was so low level. She wanted people to believe that she was in the center of uh, uh, in the center of the room when major things were being discussed. She was not that person. That's factually untrue. They also tell me that the Secret Service, along with the lead agency, uh, the drivers, they are willing to come in and testify that what she said is not true. In addition to that, they say that she says, and I have a quote, and I looked at Tony and he said, did you hear what happened in the beast? She says again, Tony proceeded to tell me when the president got in the beast. These people tell me the president was not in the beast. He was in an SUV. So she's lying about that. She's lying about what she said. Are you are you taking umbrage at this? No, no, I just I. I, I was trying to remember if when it's the if the president's vehicle is always called the beast, whether it's the vehicle. It's or the an SUV. SUV. No, right. the, I, but, the 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 beast. My understanding, according the to these people, people is a remember. bigger vehicle. <laughs> Folks, I never lie to you, man. I'm not going You were the Joe. Did you catch it? Yeah. Dana Perino worked in the White House for yeah. years. I worked with her. We didn't know each other. We worked together. I was on many trips with her. Right. Dana Perino cringes too. It's not the judge's fault. The media keeps telling people it's called the beast. She wasn't a Secret Service agent. How would she know, right? She doesn't know that. Dana worked there. And even the judge is like, why are you wincing? Like, are you challenging what I'm saying? She's like, no, no. I'm just kind of curious. Like, the people actually go, <laughs> I told, I told. <laughs> All right, moving on. You get the point? Yeah. I'm not messing with you. Nobody calls it the freaking beast. Enough on that. Did a whole show yesterday. And no less Tony Ornato. A 20-year Secret Service agent definitely doesn't call it the beast. That's how I knew right away this was made up. Okay, moving on. Another point we brought up yesterday was, did you notice the unnecessarily legalese language from Cassidy Smollett? Did you notice it? Everything she says she heard or overheard or a conversation she was near, Joe, did you notice she puts the caveat, buyer beware, caveat emptor in there? She says, well, what I heard was to the effect of. Yeah. To the effect of, did did you hear? Remember we brought this up yesterday? Well, Megyn Kelly, who's a lawyer, I'm not, is very good. Megyn Kelly's a good lawyer, very smart. Megyn Kelly caught on to that too. Megyn Kelly brought up this exact point. Did you hear it or did you not? Because to the effect of means nothing in court. Here, check this out. Why do you keep saying to the effect of and recounting all of these conversations to this committee? Which, by the way, Ms. Hutchinson did. Throughout her two-hour testimony yesterday, her memory appeared to be rather shaky. Listen. Then Tony had relayed to me something to the effect of, where I overheard the president say something to the effect of. Something to the effect of, Mr. Cipollone said something to the effect of, the president said something to the effect of, and he said something to the effect of. Something to the effect of. And I remember Pat saying to him something to the effect of, and Pat said something to the effect of, and very clearly had said this to Mark, something to the effect of, I remember Pat saying something to the effect of, and Mark had responded something to the effect of. Something to the effect of, you remember it very clearly, then tell us what it was. So you now have two talented female legal professionals, Judge Janine and Megan Kelly, two very smart people, both saying the same thing. Hey, Judge Jeanine says, listen, cross-examination is valuable here because you can start to ask questions. Megan Kelly saying the same thing. 
In cross-examination, someone would say to Cassidy Small A, hey, you keep saying they said something to the effect of, well, did you hear them say that or not? Or are those your words? Oh, they're your words. In other words, your interpretation of what he says. He says stuff all the time. Sometimes I ask Guy about a show and he's like, eh. And, and, and sometimes, you know, what I say to Guy, well, what exactly do you mean? I let Guy tell me. I don't go then and tell other people, well, Guy said that and here's what it means. Only Guy knows what it means. That's why we ask Guy. We don't, that's why we don't admit hearsay. And we definitely don't admit hearsay when somebody says something like, to the effect of, because you could go back and ask the person what he said. I'm not a lawyer as an investigator, but I'm not stupid. I'm very familiar with the law and the process of federal trials, state trials, and city trials. This is a disaster. Cassidy Small A, a total, total. Do not let Snopes, the fact checkers, and the goons on the left do what they tried to do with 2,000 mules, which is discredit something in advance with hilariously dumb fact checks, which only aggravate the situation and make it worse. Nobody believes you. The testimony was an abomination, and you know it. There was another problem with the testimony I'm going to get to in a minute, a very serious problem. Folks, the truth matters. No matter how poor it reflects on either side, the truth matters, and I'm going to give it to you. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Okay. Another problem, folks, emerged yesterday after I recorded the show. And by the way, Biden's given a presser uh, as it we're recording here, and it's already a disaster. He, I believe he mistook Switzerland for Sweden. <laughs> this guy, man, he cannot get out of his own way. He just cannot get out of his own you way. You know, the cheese. But getting the back cheese. to this. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It gets him every, Joe, gets, gets him every single time. Buddy. Oh, gee. So... After we were done recording the show and cited all of the ridiculous conflicts in Cassidy Smollett's testimony, another one came out. Apparently, there were claims made about Louis Gohmert requesting a pardon. Well, Kerry Pickett and Joe Clark, two uh, great writers at the Washington Times, said, really? Louis Gohmert calls for January 6th committee to release the full deposition alleging he requested a pardon. So... There were some allegations made again that Gomert asked for some pardon, insinuating what, Joe? Of course, that he did something wrong. Yeah. Well, Gomert has an interesting statement he gave to the Washington Times. He says, the way the video testimony was presented makes it sound like my pardon request for very deserving military members, former military, and one civilian servant in late 2020 in written letters and packages of information was asking for a pardon for myself. Not only have I never asked for a pardon for myself, I have not done anything for which I need a pardon, he said. Now, again, if we had had cross-examination like Judge Janine was asking for, and we had professionals, they would have went to Louis Gohmert and said, hey, in this hearing yesterday, you know, it was an implication you did something wrong and you were looking for a pardon. Louis Gohmert would have said what? He would have said, I was looking for a pardon? Actually, here's the letter. The pardon was for military people, not for me. And I'm going to go on the record saying, I never asked for a pardon, so I don't know what you're talking about. You see, that's what happens when you have an adversarial hearing, adversarial hearing and cross-examination. You distill out what the truth is. Is Louis Gomer telling the truth? Is Cassidy Smollett telling the truth? Joe, I don't know. Yeah. But when you have jury trials and due process, Joe and the jury and whoever else get to listen to them both and determine who's more credible. That's how the American system of justice works. Not what you're seeing at this ridiculous Salem witch trial. 
ridiculous. Apparently, Louis Gohmert has a whole lot of evidence, by the way, that she's not telling the truth about that particular component either. One more thing. They were alleging Mark Meadows wanted a pardon. Meadows is denying it. Who's more credible? I don't know. Be nice to hear from Meadows, wouldn't it? But of course you won't. They don't want to hear from Meadows. They only want to hear from Juicy Hutchinson. Story gets even worse, folks. Playbook this morning. You know, they always have to get out ahead of this stuff. So Jonathan Carl interviewed Liz Cheney and asked a pretty basic question. Hey, uh, you guys could have went to the Secret Service and asked them, you know, like, why didn't you ask them? John Carl, quote, did you seek testimony from Tony Ornato or Robert Engel to corroborate or to refute what uh, Cassidy Hutchinson said? Here's Liz Cheney, this pathetic hack. Well, I don't want to get into too many details. The committee spoken to Ornato and Engel, and we welcome additional testimony under oath from both of them and from anyone else in the Secret Service who has information about any of these issues. Uh, yeah, Liz, maybe you should have done that before. Not after you got humiliated. Man, just an idea. Just an idea, Liz. Carl goes on. You expect the testimony will be live under oath for the world to see? How's that going to happen? Here's Cheney. Well, we've been working with the Secret Service. No, no, no. You, you haven't. You, you, you haven't. You only were working with them after the fact. She says, we've interviewed, as I said, a number of individuals in the Secret Service. We'll continue to do so. And it's important that their testimony be under oath. What a pathetic dodge. This woman is pathetic. 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 A worse member of Congress than Adam Schiff at this point. I'm not kidding. Schiff, you just laugh off. Cheney portrays herself as a serious, like, trying to protect the republic against Trump. Listen, a lot of things happened that day that a lot of sane people have a lot of serious beefs with. That should be aired. Political violence, sadly, on both sides of the aisle is an, is an issue. It should be addressed. But this disgusting star chamber in an effort to attack innocent people repeatedly and use the weaponized powers of government without cross-examination or the ability to defend themselves is disgusting. Now, folks, I'm a Trump supporter, okay? That's obvious. I put that out there. I'm also interested in the truth. No matter how poorly it reflects on me, the Republicans, President Trump, or anyone else, I'm not sacrificing my credibility for anyone. Yet, did you notice that the people who are calling out Cassidy Smollett's story, did you notice that? Have no dog in the fight. Tony Ornato is a Secret Service agent. He's going to get his pension and pay no matter what. So is Bobby Engel. I know them personally. I've known them for two decades. They, have st they started under, Bill, under the Clinton era. They worked through the Bush era, worked for Obama. They've worked for Republicans and Democrats with no problems up till now. The problems being caused to them by Liz Cheney. So they have no dog in the fight. Yet you've got Liz Cheney, who's trying to get reelected by appealing to Democrats. And you've got a bunch of hack critics trying to get jobs. Mick Mulvaney, who's a total loser, total loser. You've got Alyssa Farah, the queen of the losers, all a bunch of people who are motivated by a paycheck to try to get a job at lefty hack media sites who are saying that the Secret Service agents who have no dog in the fight, that they're the ones like, who do you believe? Again, if we had cross-examination, you could weigh their credibility out. I think Ornato and Engel would win hands down. Here's what I mean. Here's a, a picture you can see of... Uh, of uh, Cassidy Smollett hugging Liz Cheney. Greta's Van Susteren tweeted about it. She says, if the questioner, Liz Cheney, wants to appear fair to the jury, the American people, it's probably not a good idea to get caught on camera hugging the witness. Juicy Hutchinson and uh, Liz Smollett hugging. Hey, hey, buddy, here you go. Look, so nice to see you. Just an idea. Maybe keep the hugs for later. Just an idea. Just an idea. Here's Alyssa Farah. Alyssa Farah was, uh, is, is the queen of the grifters. She will do anything for a paycheck. Alyssa Farah uh, was a communications person in the White House, uh, has a terrible reputation. Um, Alyssa Farah here, who is a noted grifter, is trying to get a job at The View and in left-wing media, which she, uh, she's been on The View often. Alyssa Farah has been criticizing Tony Ornato and Engel, too. Uh, I, you know, my humble opinion, you want to put Alyssa Farr up against Ornato and Engel, I'll take that bet any day of the week. Uh, Ornato's credibility versus hers. Here's noted grifter Alyssa Farrow when she was on The View, trying to be the conservative air quotes on The View, getting wrecked 
a few months ago by Kellyanne Conway. Now, I want you to pay very close attention to this video. I want you to notice this is the, you want evidence of what a grifter looks like and a showman or a showwoman in her case. Here's Alyssa Farah who kissed Trump's ass to get a job, got the job. And then immediately when she figured out she could probably make a dime by turning on Trump and going as an anti-Trump drift, a grifter, she starts attacking him. I want you to notice how she claims she has some allegiance to the constitution and she uh, she left after January 6th. Kellyanne Conway notes, well, that's funny. After the election loss, you waited a month to leave. It's kind of weird. And then watch how Alyssa Farrah goes and looks at the audience for approval as they clap for her. Watch. Watch her eyes. Watch this on Rumble. The audio is not good enough. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Check this out. I broke with the president ahead of January 6th when the big lie started being shared. I resigned in December, December 4th. And I spoke out after January 6th when I saw a violent mob assault the Capitol. Is there a question in here? Yes. Okay. Um, how how do you still defend him? Do you still think he could be a good president after he tried to overturn our democracy? Okay, so I left three months before you did for my children. I have four of them. And uh, I, I said less drama, more mama. And that's exactly what I did. I think you stayed a whole month after the election that you were having a problem with. But that's I wanted to help my that, junior staff no, get that's, jobs. That's I stayed good, for I think people should know that because I haven't seen you since you've changed. But I want to say this to you. I didn't that, change. I, just to be clear, I didn't change. I swore an oath to the argue, Constitution. You get to talk here every day. I, I, I swore an oath to the Constitution, guest. not to Donald Trump. I know. But uh, Alyssa, I know that you. Do you catch it at the end? I'm glad you cut that right. You oh. did, Joe. You see at the end? Mm. She looks to the audience for, she's a show, she's a show woman. That's all she's doing. She's telling, oh, man, I left that White House, that evil Donald Trump. Kellyanne's like, really? You left the month afterwards. That's kind of weird. So, oh, I was, I was trying to get other people jobs. That sounds like you were trying to get yourself a job. That's what it sounds like to me. Alyssa Farah, that person, is attacking Tony Ornato and Bob Engel. Didn't end there. You got Grifter Mick Mulvaney, another loser. I'll get to him in a second. Just another disgrace. I'll uh, get to him. And also, Kareem Jean-Pierre is in a world of trouble. Even the left is starting to turn now. So this is not good. Even Politico is like, this ain't quite working out. By the way, uh, Biden, uh, Chiron and Fox right now, Joe Biden just at his press conference supports changing Senate rules to codify Roe. Huge, huge, huge breach here. Folks, red lines are being crossed anywhere. You want to dump the filibuster? You want to play ball? All right, let's do it. You want 51 votes in the Senate? Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens when you get a balanced budget. You get fiscal responsibility, school choice, pro-life legislation at the federal level. Let's see how much you like that filibuster and we take charge. Okay. Mulvaney's a grifter. Uh, Mulvaney was rescued from the scrap heap of his position in Congress and uh, appointed to a senior White House position to help Trump, of course, when Mick Mulvaney threw the opportunity to turn on. Trump, and I get it, you know, critiquing what happened in January 6th. I'm not knocking people for that. They have various opinions, and they're certainly entitled to them. But again, Tony Ornato, Bobby Engel, two Secret Service guys with no history of partisan nonsense at all, right? At all in their job, no problems. Or Mick Mulvaney, hack, who's looking for a job at, what, CBS or as well? I'll get to that in a second. Here's Mick Mulvaney yesterday. Tweet. My guess is that before this is over, we'll be hearing testimony from Ornato, Engel, and Meadows. Can you at least spell Engel right? That's not even how you spell his last name. Like, can you just like kind of look? Uh, he notes, this is explosive stuff. If Cassidy's making this up, they'll need to say that. If she isn't, then they'll have to corroborate. So now, Joe, just to be clear, you're guilty till proven innocent. Just so you understand, that's the new rules according to Mick oh. Mulvaney. Mulvaney oh. notes, I know her. I don't think she's lying. I know you, Mick, and I think you're always lying. This guy's a disgrace. He's been a disgrace for a long time. People who know him will tell you that. He's a total grifter. Here's Mick Mulvaney. Mick, they'll never love you, Mick. You're not Mick from Rocky. Oh, Mick, call me, Mick. Call me. No, this isn't that Mick. This is loser Mick. Here's the Guardian, Robert, Robert Reich. Noted leftist uh, economic zero, right? This guy's a nut, Robert Reich. But a lot of people listen to him. Here he is in April when Mick got a job at CBS News. Why did CBS News hire Mick Mulvaney? They're never going to love you, Mick. Ever. You can sit there and, and, and get genuflect before them and kiss their ass and kiss their ring and give them back rubs and whatever you want to do, Mick. They're never going to love you. They're never going to love you. You want to call out what happened on January 6th? How about it? Fair enough. You want to challenge the Secret Service agents with no evidence, even though it's Cassidy Smollett has been just destroyed in her testimony because you want to kiss the ass of your new CBS bosses for that green? Get a little bit of that green, Mick. Because you have no real skills, eh, go right ahead. 
Loser. What a loser. This guy is a zero. A total zero. An ass-kissing zero. I've seen this guy in green rooms. An ass-kissing zero. He is one of these guys who has zero skills in life, who found himself in politics and is in love with his own mirror in his bathroom. <laughs> Pulling a Geraldo. KJP's in trouble, folks. Carrie Jean-Pierre is in a world of hurt. Now, again, we were way ahead of the curve on this one. I told you she was having a tough time. Jen Psaki was an awful press secretary, but she was awful. I don't want to say this. She was awful, at least with the Democrats, awful with the Democrats for the right reasons. In other words, the Democrats want a skilled liar. And Jen Psaki was very good at it. You guys have to give her credit. Like she, was, she could lie about anything and make it sound true, which makes her awful as a person, but makes her good at lying. Corinne Jean-Pierre is good at neither. She's not a good liar, and she's not a good presenter of lies. Even Politico in this article, Corinne's tough debut, Max Tanny, Alex Thompson, Ali Bice, start to note that uh, they're starting to say that the, the White House press pool but Joe, some of the members aren't even showing up anymore because she can't answer a question. Uh-huh. So it's useless. It's a waste of their time. They go there and she flips to the binder. She reads some pre-prepared thing they could have just sent out via email. And she has no ability, ability to extemporaneously answer a question like Saki did. And when she does and, and, and she's uncomfortable, she just says, well, I don't know or ends it early. I told you this was going to happen. She's not ready for prime time. She wasn't. You notice now they're... By the way, there's winks and nods, and of course, what do you, what do you, what do you guys, what do you think is going to happen? Come on, Tom Marjo. This is oh, yes. you, this yeah. is when Tom Marjo and I used to know me. God rest his soul. Used to radio host at WCBM. He said, "This is racist." There's a kind of wink and a nod. If you want to read this, I'm not going to link to it, but there's a wink and a nod that you know they're turning a lot of stuff over to John Kirby now as a white male who's answering a lot of questions. Uh, wink and a nod. Like this sounds kind of racist. It's not racist. Okay, we have to say that a thousand times. She's just not very good. Okay, she's just not very good at it. There are more than enough minority folks who speak on television on the Democrat side who are very good at lying on TV. She's not one of them. Maybe it's a compliment, right? She's just not good at lying. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, there you go. We do a compliment. By the way, this story is just breaking about Biden supporting uh, dumping the filibuster is a huge deal. I'm sorry to kind of bounce around, but a lot of stuff breaks. It's not a live radio show, obviously, but I want to make sure you get the news. This is a huge deal. I told you Biden wants to push for this, dump the filibuster. So we only need 51 votes in the Senate. Go right ahead, daddy-o. Every four years when the when, uh, power changes in the Senate and the White House, if it does, you'll see the country whiplash back and forth. Tax cuts, economic freedom, entitlement reform, everything. Democrat spending, inflation, chaos, financial markets, healthcare destruction. Patient-directed choice Republicans, government-directed choice. You'll see it every four years. It's going to work out just wonderfully, just like them dumping the filibuster on judicial nominees, which led to the fall of Roe. Do it. Go for it. Let's see where that ends up. They'll be begging for the filibuster back. Begging. All right, moving on. Um, an important article I need you to see. We've been doing a lot in this Secret Service story over the last few years. Other things are happening. Folks, they're doubling down now, not just apparently today on dumping the filibuster, but on buying and selling the Biden administration in an attempt to rescue 2022 and 2024. I mean it. Uh, kind of figuratively, but the buying and selling portion, I mean. Access is being sold for influence. Giveaways with your money are happening in an effort to sell influence to voters. What do I mean? Phil Graham and Mike Salon, you know I love their stuff at the Wall Street Journal. I always eagerly look forward to their pieces. This piece on the student loan forgiveness scam is just a must read. Student loan forgiveness is a political bribe, is the headline. By the way, nothing's forgiven. You're just paying for your neighbor's kid's college. That's just nothing's forgiven. What's, all debts are paid, right, Joe? By the debtor right. or the creditor. Or the, or, the, or, or, the, or the creditor. All the Milton Friedman's favors, all debts are paid. I lend Joe money, he pays it back, he paid the debt. I lend Joe money, he doesn't pay it back, I paid the debt. Somebody pays. They note this, Phil Graham. Did you know this? That the average student loan borrower leaves college with debt of $28,400. Well, what do students get for that debt? Well, over the course of their earning lives, those with some college gained a lifetime earnings increase relative to someone who only completed high school that's 10 times the average debt incurred. 
it gets it gets it gets better for for graduate for for college attendees and college graduates. On average, a graduate with a bachelor's degree earns forty times as much. A graduate with a master's degree earns fifty three times as much, and a doctoral graduate earns eighty times as much as the debt. Law and medical degree holders earn almost a hundred times as much. What's the point of me putting this in there? So. Law and medical degree and graduate degree holders, right, at the, at the doctoral level, make 80 to 100 times as much as the loan they've taken out. Joe, you think that's a good return on investment? You ask me for $100, I give you 100 times return? Just throw that. Yeah, yeah that's pretty dang good, yeah, dude. Yeah. Pretty de- now, you're not a financial advisor, correct? No. Just check. You're not a licensed. You're not doing this on the side, right, without telling us? Okay. Never. So, but you're a smart guy. And Joe's like, yeah, wow, 100x? I'll take 2x. Double your, I'll take a 2X. Uh, I mean, really? 2, 3X, you're gold. I gave you 250K, you give me back 500, done. Law and medical degree holders almost 100 times as much. How does that make you feel if you just have a little bit of college, or you have high school, you're busting your ass, doing a high quality job like HVAC, plumbing, you're an electrician, maybe an associate's degree, and you're paying off their debt. They're making 100 times as much on their, uh, on their investment. How does that make you feel? Folks, again, we do numbers here, okay? We do facts and data. We don't do bullshit. If you want that, go somewhere else. Go talk to Karine Jean-Pierre or Jen Psaki. You think this is a real winner? Go for it. You, wanna, you want us to pay back our neighbor's kids' college loans while we're busting our ass to pay for our own kids and everything else? Go for it. Let's see how it works out for you. <sighs> Buying and selling them. I got BlackRock coming up next, showing you how they're selling to access. Remember BlackRock? If you don't, you need to. One of the most influential investment firms, financial firms in the entire globe, managed hundreds of billions and more in assets. They have a strange connection to the White House. So it's not just that they're buying and selling influence via throwing around your tax dollars to pay for your neighbor's kid's doctoral degree. Not just that. They're also selling access to the White House. When I say selling access, I mean they know for a fact that these people are going to use their influence to push the White House's agenda, and in turn, they get access you don't have. Here's what I mean. Remember this guy, Larry Fink? Larry Fink is the CEO of BlackRock. I can't play this clip enough. enough. He is one of the most influential men in the world. They control more than hundreds of billions of dollars of assets. So if Larry Fink from BlackRock sends a letter to a company they invest in, whatever, Joe's Widgets, and says, Joe's Widgets, um, you're going to hire a CRT, DEI coordinator, critical race theory person. And by the way, you're going to divest from fossil fuels. That company's going to listen because BlackRock can pull its funds and really do damage to them. Well, is that what Larry Fink is talking about? I'm just asking questions. When this clip, when he says, hey, you know, at BlackRock, uh, we're about forcing behaviors. Here's his words, not mine. Well, behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Oh, you are. That clip went viral right away because everybody already knows it. People who've gotten letters from BlackRock and otherwise. Fink's obviously a big lefty. He also admires totalitarians. He does. Again, don't listen to me. Listen to Larry Fink himself. Check this out. Markets don't like uncertainty. Markets like actually totalitarian governments where you have a uh, understanding of what's out there. And obviously, we're, uh, the whole dimension is changing now with, uh, as you said, a democratization of, uh, of countries. And, and democracies are very messy, as we know in the United States. Uh, you have opinions changing back and forth. Yeah, democracies are messy, Joe. That's the essential component of a republic. But you know what's messy, too? The Communist Party that runs China when they throw Uyghurs in concentration camps, torture and kill them. That's kind of messy, too. A lot of blood. Torture, all that kind of stuff. That's a little messy. Yeah, not great. Yeah, Guy says, no, no, not good. Guy gives a two thumbs down on Yelp. Communism, no good. Larry leaves that part out. Being human is uh, is messy by nature. We have different opinions. The way we reconcile different opinions he says, you notice, Larry Fink, opinions change. The way we reconcile that is through elections, where people, via representative democracy, choose people to vote what they believe is the opinion of the day. See, it doesn't happen in communist China, where if you have a different opinion, you find yourself in a gulag, either freezing to death or being tortured. Maybe Larry should throw that in there next time. Now, Larry Fink has a lot of access to the White House. How do I know that? Because Red State wrote a fantastic piece, Justin Haskins, Jack McFerrin of the Heartland Institute as well, 
They wrote this fantastic piece. It's a must read. It's in my newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please subscribe. I'll send these articles every morning. I promise we won't spam your inbox. The White House's secret meetings with BlackRock are a major threat to freedom. They note here that according to an investigation of White House visitor logs, Tom E. Donilon, chairman of the BlackRock Investment Institute, that's BlackRock's personal think tank dedicated to assessing geopolitical investment risk. Oh, he met with the Biden administration officials at least eight times from March 2021 to November of 2021. That seems strange. And perhaps on other occasions as well. The White House logs show a Thomas N. Donilon visited with Biden administration officials at least twice. And a review of that name suggests it is likely the same person as Thomas E. Donilon. Hmm. That's interesting to note. They note also, speaking of Larry Fink, he too appears to have met secretly at the White House. Visitor logs show that on February 8, 2022, just two weeks before Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Fink met with Steve Reschetti, the counselor to the president. Reschetti served as chairman of Biden's 2020 presidential campaign, has been as described as the yin to the yang of Biden's other highly trusted advisor, Mike Donilon, Tom Donilon's brother. It's an incestuous network of influence peddling around Washington, D.C. BlackRock has made clear they're trying to change their tune now, but they've made clear their commitment to the renewable energy future. We're not prepared. On, and it makes you wonder if Fink and others who believe in, quote, forcing behaviors, admire totalitarians, and impressed, at least in the past, for the green future we're not ready from that's costing you 5 and $6 at the pump these days, right? Did they have any influence on this decision? Biden's raid on the Permian Basin, Wall Street Journal article. Wait, I thought they were doing, Biden said they were doing everything in their power, Joe, to lower gas prices. Then why is the Biden administration EPA going after the Permian Basin, which accounts for 43% of U.S. oil production? The Permian Basin, folks, is in Texas. Let me read that again. It accounts for 43% of U.S. oil production. So if the Biden administration is correct, saying they're doing everything they can to decrease gas prices and increase supply, right? Then you would think they'd be promoting production at the Permian Basin. Well, they're not. Apparently, they're looking to put the Permian Basin in, quote, non-attainment with ozone standard status, which would effectively force curbs on shale fracking in the region and shut down some production there, too. I, I thought they... I, wait, I, how's Karine Jean-Pierre going to frame that one? I thought... Maybe Cassidy Smollett has a comment on that. I thought they were doing everything in their power to lower gas prices, not shut down production. You see how they buy and sell access and give you the double barrel middle finger? They'll blame, no, they'll blame the Putin pride. Putin pride, I show. Putin did it. Putin, Putin's EPA did it. Ah. Putin, <laughs> Putin shut down the Permian Basin. That's right. Putin did it. Yeah. Personally. Bare-chested on a horse, Joe. He rode into the Permian Basin like Napoleon <laughs> with his sword out. I hereby forthwith declare you shut down this Permian, Permianing, shut it down immediately, non-attainment status. I declare the right subsequently of prima nocturne as well. I mean, folks, you believe this <laughs> stuff? I mean, you fall for this? Now, a lot of people aren't falling for it. Even MSNBC's Willie Geist, as far left as they get, right? Willie Geist and NBC. It's like, hey, listen, man, this administration's got a real problem. We had this on a very serious note, this apocalyptic human tragedy, 50 migrants in the back of a tractor trailer cooked alive. I mean, I can't even imagine the suffering. I don't even like to talk about it. It's so devastating. Cooked alive, being smuggled into the country illegally. I blame this on the Biden administration. You can have an opinion otherwise. That's my opinion. If we did not incentivize people to come here legally, there is a good chance they would not risk their lives doing this. Willie Geist, that again, this is NBC. It's like, hey, man, listen, this thing's a crisis. And they're, you're just assuming like Hispanic voters are going to go along with this. You're crazy. Check this out. We've talked about this with progressive pollsters, by the way, who say this idea that Latino voters in America are all in and they're they have this open mind and they'll go with Democrats wherever they go on immigration is just wrong. It's just it's just folly and it's not true. And it's patronizing in many ways to make those assumptions. So, yeah, Democrats will have to reassess because some of them may not want to use the word crisis, but it's exactly what it is down along the border when you have Customs and Border Patrol having 7,000, 8,000 
encounters and apprehensions a day on the border. That is a crisis, and it uh, bore its its ugly teeth yesterday, Mika, when we saw those the, sure the story and the images and 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 hearing exactly how those poor people looking for a better life died in the back of a semi truck. Listen, man, good for Willie guys to have a moment of clarity there. Uh, the Democrats aren't going to change, folks. Trust me. It doesn't matter. I know, like, well, why broadcast that? You know, maybe they'll switch before the election. They're not going to switch. And unlike the Democrats, I'm not always about winning elections over principles first. I'd rather secure the border. And if Joe Biden and the team wants to do it, then fine, let's do it. No, no, no don't, don't do it. So we, again, I had the same argument about conservatives complaining about Roe. Yeah, some conservatives or alleged conservatives. Oh my gosh, now that Roe's been overturned, we're going to get hurt in the election. Folks, we use politics to advance principles, not the other way around. If we can get the Biden administration to change course and stop this invasion at the southern border and the death and destruction that accompanies it, then we should do it. The elections are secondary to that. The principles matter first. All right, thanks for tuning in. I got a couple stories I'm going to get to tomorrow. I don't have time today, but... One of them's really good. You know, I'll tease it. Just throw it up on the screen if you would, uh, Guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this tomorrow. It's a very important story. I just want to give it its proper due. And questions, you want to submit, it's Thursday, right? If you want to submit questions for the podcast tomorrow and the radio show, go to my true social account, it's at dbongino, and my locals account, at dbongino. I'm going to put a post, questions for tomorrow. Submit your questions. We'll try to get as many as we can in the show. But this article by Stephen Gutkowski, massive trove of gun, over, gun owners' private information leaked by California Attorney General, is a huge story. I'm going to tie it together with the recent gun bill and show you why this is super dangerous. I'll address that tomorrow. It's in the newsletter if you want to get a head start. Check you out on the radio show later. Please don't miss my Fox show Saturday night. Set your DVR, 9 p.m. It's going to be a great, great July 4th kind of weekend show where we're going to really hammer this administration, too. I'm going to cover some of this stuff. Check it out. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.